Welcome to Visa Navigate Samia, a Visa podcast that brings you the latest insights, perspectives, and trends that are defining the world of commerce and payments across Central and Eastern Europe, Middle East, and Africa, Samia for short. Hello, and welcome to the latest installment of Visa Navigate's Spotlight series. Today, we're going to be talking about central bank digital currencies. I am Salvador Perez Galindo. CBDCs have the potential to transform the world of money from how we see it today. And I would like to start with a very brief clarification of the concept of CBDC. We can simply state it is an official government currency issued digitally by a central bank. It is central bank money in contrast with private money, commercial bank money. One can say that CBDCs are the next generation of money, but this description does not encompasses the many complexities involved in starting them. In her speech at the recent Singapore FinTech Festival on November 15th, Kristalina Georgieva, Managing Director of the International Monetary Fund, mentioned that according to her numbers, 60% of countries around the world are somehow discussing how to implement a CBDC. In reality, very few have implemented them and a lot of them are still discussing how to do it. With any CBDC implementation, there is a lot to consider and it is incredibly important for central banks to get it right for the country's particular needs and those of their end users, citizens, merchants, banks. Today, we will be reviewing the latest CBDC project launch in the world, the Digital Tenge in Kazakhstan. The Digital Tenge entered production on November 15, 2023, with a full rollout expected by 2025. There are a couple of things that I would like to highlight on uh, the Digital Tenge. First, it was launched on the 30th anniversary of the Tenge, the national currency. So what an important milestone for a country in terms of implementing it. Secondly, the Digital Tenge was launched from the very beginning with full interoperability with debit cards. And DISA is very proud of having been able to participate and join this project from the very beginning, together with the Central Bank, the National Bank of Kazakhstan, and three client banks, Halik Bank, Bank Center Credit, and Altin Bank, launching what it is the first CBDC-linked Visa debit card in the world. And to talk about these very exciting developments, we have the privilege to have a very important guest, Binur Jalinov. CEO of the National Payments Corporation of Kazakhstan, NPC, which is a fully owned subsidiary established by the Central Bank, the National Bank of Kazakhstan. NPC is the operator of the National Payment and Digital Financial Infrastructure in Kazakhstan. And Binur has been behind the Digital Tenge since its inception, since the publication of its first concept paper back in May 2021. Binur, Welcome and thank you very much for joining me today for this interview and congratulations again for the successful launch on November 15th. So to start with this conversation, Binur, the first 
question is the launching of the digital tenge is indeed a remarkable milestone in the history of Kazakhstan and I would add in, in, in the world in general for the reasons that I was mentioning before. But could you tell us a bit more about the objectives of having a CBDC in Kazakhstan? What led you to start this project? Yeah, thank you. First of all, it's a great honor to be and share the floor with you, Salvador, and uh, appreciate a lot uh, the entire Visa team for the partnership during this uh, journey. And it's just the beginning of journey. So uh, at the National Bank of Kazakhstan, we do not um, think that CBDCs should replace existing forms uh, of money like cash or cashless payments. We believe it's a great com uh, complement to existing uh, monetary system. Uh, so we have several objectives in uh, rolling out CBDC in Kazakhstan. Uh, first of all, and the most obvious, is uh, uh, raising uh, financial inclusion because of uh, unique uh, uh, feature of digital tenure, which is offline uh, cashless payments. Uh, the uh, second point of our value proposition is enhancing efficiency of uh, government and budget spending because of uh, uh, CBDC and digital tenure uh, programmability overall. It provides a lot of uh, great instruments to enhance and transparency, effectiveness of government subsidies, for example, uh, increasing transparency of government procurement and many other things. This third, we strongly believe that the future of money is tokenized. And obviously, CBDC is not the only form of money which will be tokenized, but CBDC lay a good uh, foundation, as um, uh, SBIS suggests, unified ledger for uh, all forms of money, including uh, tokenized money. And we believe that CBDC can build a bridge between existing uh, traditional financial infrastructure and future uh, economy which is full of uh, tokenized assets. That's why we built Digital Tingia based on uh, DLT platform. Uh, we also strongly believe that CBDC has a great potential to address uh, frictions in cross-border payments. Uh, so we are partnering with SWIFT and BIS and Bridge Initiative to explore this uh, opportunity. So we truly believe that smart contracts and other aspects of programmability can benefit financial institutions uh, through giving them the ability to build new type of financial product. And uh, in theory, it can be also uh, synergized with open banking, open API, other uh, components of our financial infrastructure. So all in all, it's innovation, it's competition, it's uh, transparency, it's efficiency. Inor, let me move to uh, the next question. One of the most heated discussions around CBDC in the world are the risks of uh, disintermediation of financial institutions and the modalities of participation of banks. In Kazakhstan, you made the decision to go with a model that actively involves commercial banks in the distribution of CBDC, both through their apps, but also through debit cards uh, linked to international payment systems like Visa uh, as an additional component of uh, the digital tenge. Could you elaborate and tell us more about how you chose this distribution model of CBDC, the role that you envision uh, for commercial banks? That's uh, a great uh, question. So first of all, NBK is not going to compete with any market participants. 
including uh, second-tier banks, uh, fintech players, and obviously international payment systems. It's better, uh, and my personal belief for any CBDC project, it's better to build and drive ecosystem, which should have uh, participants that has uh, that have certain roles and responsibilities in that ecosystem. And traditionally, central banks uh, hasn't really uh, interacted with end consumers, and I don't really think that introduction of CBDC should change uh, this matter because the existing equilibrium uh, in a financial system operating model overall seems uh, quite fine, right? So when we have a central bank who uh, issues the money and controls macrofinancial stability, second-tier banks who operate um, this, um, you know, last-mile infrastructure, and international payment system who connects this network not only uh, in-house but also uh, globally. Uh, so we, uh, and our strategic decision was to cooperate from the beginning. And uh, so we decided the first layer of cooperation is cooperation with second-tier banks, who will be responsible for distribution of CBDC, opening account to end consumers, and then building uh, value-added services on top of CBDC network that we are providing. But what, what is also important is uh, to provide uh, end consumer with ability to spend their CBDC, right? And what is the best way uh, to give them that ability than cooperate with existing players and international payment systems uh, like Visa are one of the best uh, in this kind of business because uh, it not only connects the uh, point of sale network uh, locally but also provides an consumer with ability to spend their money uh, anywhere in the world. Thank you, Minur. So far, we have a total, if I remember correctly, of four commercial banks in this initial uh, stage. Could you tell us more about the, the other banks that might be interested in the in the project? But the bigger question for you is how you envision the evolution of the digital tenge, how it will evolve? Our objective is to connect all uh, banks and other payment service providers to uh, digital tenge. Our approach is product uh, and consumer oriented. With every bank, we are developing um, a separate uh, roadmap for 2024. For example, with every bank, we will uh, target a particular product, uh, which will be enabled by certain features of digital team gear. For example, offline payments, for example, uh, some programmable smart contracts. And in that one list of uh, scenarios of use cases of digital team gear, uh, we also have something called uh, tokenized money. So uh, there are like uh, several ideas worldwide, worldwide how we can adapt this idea of tokenization to financial system. Uh, we have a tokenized deposits idea, right? Uh, like CBDC backed stable coins uh, and many other things. So we are we will explore for, for sure uh, and we will build some of the uh, MVPs with uh, certain banks in this area as well because we strongly believe that uh, tokenization shouldn't be uh, exclusive only for central bank money. So we are welcoming uh, private forms of tokenized money, and we believe there is a synergy between CBDC and uh, tokenized CBDC and tokenized private money. We're now focusing on the better delivery of social aid to particular citizen who needs that uh, aid. Right? So this, uh, this month, we launched uh, a pilot project called uh, Digital Voucher Scheme, 
where Digital Tingia Smart Contracts helps to deliver subsidy for the uh, food in school canteens uh, in a more uh, uh, targeted and more efficient. If we envisage a future ecosystem, we potentially can see a new role in this ecosystem, which is uh, smart contract developers, right? So, uh, and we still thinking how to regulate that. Uh, potentially, we can have uh, third-party providers uh, authorized uh, by a central bank who is uh, licensed to develop uh, smart contracts based on CDs. And uh, these third-party providers then can provide their services for banks. Obviously, banks themselves can be uh, these uh, third-party providers. So in future, a digital thing ecosystem will see the role for everyone, for the central bank, for the uh, second-tier banks, for potentially non-bank fintechs. And in, in these 24 months, we're going to explore different operating models. We're going to explore more and more use cases. We have uh, more than 36 use cases on our long list. We're going to have a pilot for uh, and proof of concept and potential MVPs uh, for every uh, use case. And the most successful of them then will be adopted by banks. Ideally, by the end of 2025, we will have uh, pioneers who will front the market, who will lead a further adoption. Because uh, I, I think at that moment, the role of the central bank as a catalyst uh, should gradually decrease and the initiative should be led more uh, by a commercial uh, participants of the ecosystem. It's uh, quite exciting and, and congratulations again for that uh, vision to, to innovate in partnership with the private sector. But what I want to highlight here is what Kazakhstan is defining as, I would say, a global benchmark in terms of uh, collaboration, not only the, the, the tier two model, but bringing as many players and, and together with a broader ecosystem test new concepts uh, with, with the digital tenge. And if you allow me just to bring our more visa-specific angle, which is the value that you see in terms of bringing international payment systems like us, what made you consider us? How was your experience working with the visa team and any reflection that you would like to share with our listeners around the globe uh, about this experience? Uh, yeah, thank you. So we were discussing this uh, use case for quite a long time since the beginning of our journey, and I'm very thankful to visa team for the uh, continuous support. First of all, we strongly believe that CBTC should be interoperable with the existing infrastructure. Of course, we do not know how it would evolve further with the business models, fees, and tariffs. It's a matter of discussion, but I strongly believe in that particular discussions, international payment systems are those who from, from whom we should to listen to, to hear from. Thank you, Vinur, for, for your insights. Uh, I think we will be concluding this interview. Uh, we thank you again for your time. And if you allow me, I would like to summarize it in five reflections for our listeners. The first one is CBDC, by, by, by no doubt, is the future of money. We should all be prepared for that. Central banks are doing their job. The private sector has to start thinking, innovating, how to engage in that discussion. And Visa is, is doing it uh, as we speak. Second one is 
fostering interoperability and leveraging existing payment infrastructure is key. You mentioned how important is the user experience. The usage of CBDC is key to be successful with a CBDC and certainly the existing acceptance infrastructure that international payment systems bring domestically and internationally is still a very attractive value proposition. Third, the use cases matters and uh, you have mentioned to us the, the, the government disbursement part, the programmability. We didn't have a chance to go deeper, but clearly having well-defined use cases is part of the playbook. Fourth, related to interoperability, but it's a public-private partnership component. You insisted how important it is to bring together the ecosystem, not only a central bank in a silo defining how to do it, but together. And I think the experience of Kazakhstan is, is a great example of, of that partnership. And the last one is for us, we always like to innovate. International payment systems like us, we want innovation. This is a great way. You mentioned that, how we can be innovating jointly. We are doing it in Kazakhstan. We're very proud of that. And again, uh, we thank you for that. We wish you uh, the most success with Digital Tenge. And thank you very much, Minur, again for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Visa Navigate Samia podcast. We'll be back soon with yet another exciting episode. Until then, don't forget to follow the show and tell us what you think by leaving us a rating or your comments. You can also subscribe to our newsletter by visiting navigate.visa.com forward slash Samia.